And I'm Scott. And we are Fired Up, Ready to Podcast. Welcome to episode 14 of the podcast, and that was from the soundtrack for the great musical Hamilton, and people, we gotta rise up. We gotta rise up. We got two weeks. Two weeks until we have to rise up and take our country back. Let's not throw away our votes. Do not throw away our votes. We gotta get yourselves, everybody we know, this is our time to rise up. Before we get crumbled by the Republicans and Trump. Right. So with that... Let's go. On with the podcast. And now, domestic Trump troubles. The New York Times reports, quote, transgender, unquote, could be defined out of existence under Trump administration. The Trump administration is considering narrowly defining gender as a biological, immutable condition determined by genitalia at birth, the most drastic move yet in a government-wide effort to roll back recognition and protections of transgender people under federal civil rights law. A series of decisions by the Obama administration loosened the legal concept of gender in federal programs, including education and health care, recognizing gender largely as an individual's choice and not determined by the sex assigned at birth. Now the Department of Health and Human Services is spearheading an effort to establish a legal definition of sex under Title IX, the federal civil rights law that bans gender discrimination in education programs that receive government financial assistance. Quote, sex means a person's status as male or female based on immutable biological traits identified by or before birth, unquote, the department proposed in their memo. Quote, the sex listed on a person's birth certificate as originally issued, shall constitute definitive proof of a person's sex unless rebutted by reliable genetic evidence. Oh, unquote. Quote, this takes a position that what the medical community understands about their patients, what people understand about themselves, is irrelevant because the government disagrees, unquote, said Catherine E. Laman, who helped write the transgender guidance that is being undone. Quote, transgender people are frightened, unquote, said Sarah Warblue, the legal director of the Human Rights Campaign. Quote, at every step where the administration has had the choice, they've opted to turn their back on transgender people, unquote. After more than a year of discussions, 
Health and Human Services is preparing to formally present the new definition to the Justice Department. If the Justice Department decides the change is legal, the new definition can be approved and enforced in the Title IX statutes and across government agencies. The narrower definition would be acutely felt in schools and their most visible battleground, locker rooms and bathrooms. Boy, they, they sure are not letting go of this myth of transgender people preying on their uh, innocent sons and daughters. What, oh, no. what are they doing about pedophiles? You know, that's where the Well, they don't care. Is. They're going to vote for Roy Moore and in the next breath be worried about transgender children in a bathroom. For young people who are struggling with this issue to now feel like the government is trying to turn back the clock, um, it's, it's profoundly upsetting. Uh, the thing, I guess, that's so disturbing about this is that it sounds like it's Jeff Sessions who's going to decide this issue. I think we know how he'll end up on this. He's, once again, casting... Who really counts in Trump's America? That's right. And if you're not white and straight and Republican, quite frankly, you just don't count. Okay. Next in the series of Trump is a real a-hole stories, Time Magazine reports, quote, my kind of guy, unquote. Trump praises Montana congressman who assaulted a reporter. Trump defended Republican Greg Gianforte, I think that's how you say his name, yeah, that's close. at a rally in Montana on Thursday after the congressman pleaded guilty to assaulting a Guardian reporter, Ben Jacobs, last year. Quote, any guy that can do a body slam, he's my kind of guy, Trump said at the rally. Oh, Jacobs alleged that Gianforte body slammed him in response to a question about health care one day before Gianforte won a special election for Montana's sole seat in the House of Representatives. The AP reports the White House Correspondents Association chided Trump for his praise of Gianforte, saying, quote, All Americans should recoil from the president's praise for a violent assault on a reporter doing his constitutionally protected job. This amounts to the celebration of a crime by someone sworn to uphold our laws and an attack on the First Amendment by someone who is solemnly pledged to defend it, said the group's president, Oliver Knox. Somehow I don't think that President Trump would be so enamored of uh, liberal body slammers. Body oh. slammers. Well, that's a mob, dear. No. Mm. Oh. The U.S. editor of The Guardian, John Mulholland, said, quote, In the aftermath of the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, it runs the risk of inviting other assaults on journalists both here and across the world where they often face far greater threats, unquote. This is despicable from a guy who wants to say that a bunch of people protesting are an angry mob. Right. And yet it's okay for him to, pr I love what that guy said, 
praising someone who committed Mm -hmm. a crime. Yeah. When you're supposed to be upholding the laws of this country. The despicableness knows no bounds. And please help me understand, people. How is this president's rating going up? How is his approval rating going up? Is this what people like? I am so afraid that that may be the case. And if that is the case, then I I, I don't know. I I can't talk about it. But if we're supposed to be a a country based on uh, a common ideology, you know, if America is an idea that we all subscribe to as citizens, then he is really creating two Americas. And where is that going to lead? He has from the get-go. But to do this... To do this in the wake of this man Khashoggi's suffering, his family's suffering. Well, that was last week's news, as far as Trump's concerned. There's just no empathy at all. I, it's it's demoralizing every day to hear from this president, so-called president. Hey, Janine, do you remember early on in the podcast, like last July, when I spoke about the suits being brought by the attorneys general of Washington, D.C. and Maryland, against the president for violating the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution? I sure do. Well, you may also recall I mentioned a related story about the president's personal interest in a piece of property in D.C., and now that story has busted wide open. CNN reported last week that the president was, in fact, not only participatory, but central to the FBI's about-face in their search for a location in the D.C. suburbs where they would move their headquarters. Mm. The FBI surprised everyone, especially developers and the comptrollers of Maryland and Virginia, when they announced in the first uh, year of the current presidency that they would be staying put, opting to redevelop their existing location on Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, this would, of course, mean they'll have to temporarily relocate while their current home, the crumbling J. Edgar Hoover building, is torn down and replaced, and then move back in. Sounds like a plan that's in the financial interest, financial best interests of the American people, wouldn't you say? Mm. Well, there is one American for who it is most definitely in his financial interest. You may recall I reported how the Donald was very keen to be the developer of the current FBI site before he was president. Well, he well understood the value and cachet of that prime real estate on Pennsylvania Avenue, but now that his president, but now that he's president, he can't be pursuing the deals he fancied before. Instead, he must limit his emoluments, I mean his profits, to a different piece of property diagonally across from Pennsylvania Avenue from the FBI building, that of course being the old post office building, which uh, currently houses uh, the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. Donald wasn't keen on the prospect of a different developer being the one to create what would surely be a high-end hotel component of a multi-use development, that would be in direct competition with the President's Hotel. And how weird is it just to be saying the President's Hotel? But there we are. Uh, And the reason this story is blowing up now is because of newly released internal government emails that paint a picture of the President being instrumental to scrapping the FBI's years in development plans. (laughs) What's that smell? Uh, Could that be the smell of a smoking gun? (laughs) The emails were released by House Democrats in a letter to GSA Administrator Emily Murphy suggesting that she misled the Congress about the President's involvement. One from GSA Acting General Counsel Jack St. John suggested the need to get, 
quote, something in writing, unquote, from the FBI and Justice Department that solidified what had been agreed upon in the meeting with Trump. Ideally, I think it would be, I think it should first recap the Oval meeting with what POTUS directed everyone to do and then ask Emily Murphy to execute POTUS's orders. Oh my God. That if we take back the House, some of these Democrats will now be in charge and really able to do some proper investigation. And now for your Tweet of the Week. Our first Tweet of the Week is from George Takei, who said, If you can line up to buy Powerball tickets, you can line up to vote. The chance that your vote decides an election is actually much higher than your chance of winning the lottery. So true, George. So true. This week we have a second tweet of the week. It is from one of my favorite people, Tom Periello, who ran for governor of Virginia. And he tweeted, Dems feeling anxious? Remember that pundits were predicting a Democratic setback in Virginia at this time last year, right before we blew away expectations up and down the ballot. The only poll that matters is the one with a ballot inside it. Thank you, Tom Periello. And now, Trump troubles around the globe. Talk about not getting the memo. A caravan of over 5,000, actually now it's like 7,000 Central Americans, is making its way through Mexico en route to the American border. Actually, they're coming in spite of having gotten the memo from Donald Trump saying that they are not welcome here. According to the Washington Post, the last time such a large gathering made its way to the border was last spring, and less than half the size of this one. Mm. An outcome of the last caravan was the extreme policy of separating families, including young children, from their parents, which, of course, has since been overturned. But even with the withdrawal of that policy, Trump's minions, chief among them Stephen Miller, are concocting other means by which to discourage immigration, or let's put it more accurately, asylum-seeking, because these people are not just wanting to be here, they are fleeing horrible conditions in their home countries. Now, news of the caravan has Trump incensed and offering consequences slash remedies that would be, at best, ineffective and, at worst, devastating. Mm. For example, he's threatened to send more troops to our southern border, but to do what that the 1,600 National Guardsmen already there aren't already doing, and please don't say shoot on sight because I wouldn't put it past him, but to do what, I don't know. Besides that... He suggested withholding aid to countries such as Honduras, where poverty, hunger, and gangs are already fueling the exodus. The money we currently send there is to support economic opportunity and judicial accountability, the very things that are the best defense against the exodus in the first place. Right. And, get this one, Trump has even suggested closing the entire border. (laughs) Not just to immigrants, but to legal travel and trade. (sighs) Talk about taking the ball and going home. Only this strategy would come at about a $600 million cost of lost trade and uncountable damage to relationships. Maybe what the Donald needs is a slightly more nuanced approach to the issue than uh, calling all immigrants bad hombres and lying about Democrats' intentions of essentially wanting to destroy America to benefit the immigrants. But uh, what can you expect from such a man, baby? 
All I can say about this is this is what happens when you elect someone who can't put two thoughts together. You know, he's uh, he's been said called a transactional president. It's the transaction of the moment. Yep. With no thought into what are the consequences of doing this? What is this? So you're going to pull funding, which is going to make conditions even more dire and desperate. Right. And how do you think that's going to play out? Right. There's just no connecting of dots ever. And that is why I don't understand how anybody can respect this man who just doesn't understand consequences of actions that he's taking. Fortunately, there are people who are kiboshing these horrible ideas. This whole situation makes me very nervous. I just don't know what sort of bravado he's going to feel the need to, you know, whip out to the base. Oh, and also, by the way, another footnote to this story is, yeah, this caravan is of about 7,000 people. But I think there were about 37,000 people that crossed the border in September, or maybe it was August, and and another 41,000 who crossed the border in uh, July. I mean, this is really a small number in the big scheme of things, but it's conveniently two weeks before the election. Right, so he can make a big show. I just hope there's not violence. This story makes me really nervous. Indeed. And when you see the pictures, there's a lot of... Women, children, families. Let's just hold on. Right. Okay, I'm not sure why this story hasn't gotten more attention, but I think it's rather relevant. The Huffington Post reported, Putin hails sunset of U.S. global domination due to mounting, quote, mistakes, unquote. Russian President Putin gloated last Thursday about what he sees as the end of U.S. world dominance due to growing mistakes. He said about the United States, quote, Empires often think they can make little mistakes because they are so powerful. But when a number of these mistakes keep growing, it reaches a level they cannot sustain, unquote. He added, A country can get the sense of impunity that you can do anything. This is the result of the monopoly from a unipolar world. Luckily, this monopoly is disappearing. It's almost done. Unquote. Putin also noted that since Trump took office, punitive actions in response to Russian aggression in Ukraine and Syria had lessened in severity and were no longer having the impact they once did. Wow. Wow. Isn't that good to know? This is what happens when you've got a plan and you think strategically. Putin. Uh-huh. Yes. You know? Yes. He, he is seeing his vision realized because he's not yes. transactional. No. No, 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 no. No, he's he is strategic. not. He is strategic. And if you read the plot to Hack Democracy by Malcolm Nance, he lays out how this has been Putin's plan to disrupt democracy, democracies around the globe, and that he is thoroughly enjoying the fact mm-hmm. that uh, as much as, I guess, Trumpsters don't seem to understand this fact, we are losing our position of status as a, as a country of influence and a leader 
we're losing that. Yep. And Putin is loving it. I don't like I say I'm not sure why this didn't get more attention. I, I think know. this is a really important story. Um and I don't know how Trump supporters defend this. They're all Russia lovers now, so I'm sure I, fine. I guess it's, it's so they're fine with Russia feeling like it's <clears throat> now going to have more influence in the country in the world than we do. Well, maybe they smell a real leader in Putin. Oh my god. Last week, I reported that the president's head just might explode if the Saudi government fessed up to the killing and dismemberment of Washington Post columnist, American resident, and Saudi national Jamal Khashoggi. Well, fortunately for the president's hairdo, his skull is still intact, thanks to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo buying enough time for the Saudis to memorize and recite the president's line about what, will ultimately, about what ultimately led to the death of his, quote, enemy of the people. <clears throat> Apparently, you see, Khashoggi got caught up in a brawl over at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul where he was on a mission to get papers in order to marry his Turkish fiancée. Yup, a brawl. Happens all the time when you're trying to get married. One would be left to think it must have been the fiancé's brothers inside the consulate. But, <clears throat> from many news sources, we do know most of who the last 15 people to see Jamal Khashoggi alive were. And at least some have direct ties to Mohammed bin Salam, or MBS, the Saudi crown prince himself. Well, he didn't know anything. Well, uh, a different turn of events is being reported by the New Arab, a British publication. They report that MBS himself was on the phone with Khashoggi after he'd been detained upon entering the consulate. Mm. MBS was reported to be trying to convince Khashoggi to return to his home, of which he was critical in his opinion pieces he wrote for the Post. While fearing that returning to the Saudi kingdom would mean his death, Khashoggi refused the crown prince's offer, and then, after the call, was murdered by the 15 men and dismembered even before taking his last breath. Oh. Now, how is this known? In fairness, the report concedes that, quote, while it is difficult to verify the source of this information, Turkish pro-government media have been receiving a steady stream of leaks, many of which turned out to be accurate, including pictures of the uh, hit team as they entered Turkey and reports of audio recordings of the murder said to be in the possession of Turkish authorities, unquote. Mm -hmm. So while we don't have 100% certainty that this version of events is the truth, we know that the international community is not buying the line about the brawl. While the Saudi crown feigns a desire for transparency, the article also notes that it has fired five top officials and arrested 18 others who were investigating the killing which is being viewed as an attempt to cover up MBS's role in the murder. Mm. So even Trump was reported to take a skeptical uh, tone toward this, saying that, quote, obviously there's been deception and there's been lies, unquote. Meanwhile, several senior members of the Republican Party have taken a Trump-shielding stance, one calling for, quote, a collective Western response, unquote, if a link connecting MBS to Khashoggi's death is proved. Oh, my Lord. So let's not act unilaterally. Let's have a collective response. Right. Well, we because don't... Because that way we won't have to, you know, put our, our multi-billion dollar arms contracts. The, the thing I read about this, too, is that apparently, you know, Trump went from saying there were this many jobs that were going to come from the, the uh, arms, arms deal. Deals. And now it's millions of jobs. Millions like, and millions of jobs. It's, it's just so ridiculous. 
And to think that, you know, instead of having one sentence, one moment where he acknowledges the human horror of this story, all he's talked about is the money and the deals. And it makes me sick to my stomach. That's what he's reducing America's stature to, is a land of deals and nothing else. And I guess that's all his supporters care about, Mm -hmm. is that he's taking action, he's getting things done. Look at our economy. Yeah, look at our economy. Who cares about this one guy? Yeah, and and all the millions of Americans and others that are being left in the gutter. Oi. And now, what the hell is happening in the Russia investigation anyway? The Committee to Investigate Russia reports this week, the DOJ charges Russian woman with U.S. political interference. According to the Daily Beast, federal prosecutors on Friday alleged that a Russian woman is the chief accountant of Project Lakta, a sprawling Kremlin campaign to influence politics in the U.S. and European Union. It's an operation that the FBI says is ongoing. Mm. Let's please take note of that. Nothing has ended. This is ongoing. The complaint accuses the woman, Elena, oh, forgive my Russian uh, mispronunciation, Alexeyevna Kusyanova, of keeping detailed records of payouts to a social media campaign. Its chief financing comes from a consulting group run by the oligarch Yevgeny Prigozhin, sometimes called Putin's chef. The operation was designed to sow discord in the U.S. political system by pushing arguments and misinformation online about a host of divisive political issues, including immigration, the Confederate flag, gun control, and the National Football League protests. The group attempted to sow conflict along racial lines and sometimes advocated positions that directly opposed each other, as long as it turned um, adversaries and uh, American adversaries against one another. So taking whatever was there mm-hmm. and amplifying it right. to turn Americans against one another. Yeah. And so this is still going on, uh, and and this is what... We really do need to understand. I mean, I've heard people say, you know, there's a difference. No, Russia didn't go in and and move the lever to change votes. But this kind of discord that was sown, Mm -hmm. this kind of amplifying of lies and and these sorts of things, um, surely had, had an impact on this election. Absolutely. And I heard an interesting story today. There was a woman who was talking about, she wrote a book about um, all of this, and and she was saying the media really needs to get themselves together. Yeah. Because they were saying, you know, the media was amplifying these messages. Sure. You know, that the media talking about Hillary and the media talking about... Because they're chasing ratings. Exactly. And, And she said, you know, rather than saying... Uh, you know, correcting these messages that got out. They just repeated them. Right. And so, 
anyway, the the disinformation became the news story, not not right. what was not what it was distorting. Right, right. So yeah, the media could have done the country a service by being a block to that, but no, they didn't. They fed on it. And we will see. I also heard something else about Mueller today no. having uh, tapes, something to do with Roger Stone, um, and. WikiLeaks. Hmm. So, what I think there's going to be some interesting information coming down the pike, people. Interesting. And now for your action of the week. Okay, there's an easy action of the week. If you go to moveon.org, they have a program to get out the vote. That is texting, not knocking on doors, not phone calling, merely texting people. And it's all done confidentially. It's done through this service. So people don't see your information. They can't, you know, be contacting you. It's just a service that allows you to text people to try to remind them to vote. Easy to do. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. But please check it out. If you just uh, search on Google, there's probably a specific thing. If you just search for texting, moveon.org, getting out the vote, you should find it. Okay, thanks. Reasons you must vote Democrat on November 6th. Okay, people, here are the reasons why you must vote for Democrats on Tuesday, November 6th. Number one, the wall. The wall, the stupid wall. Trump wanted $25 billion last January for his wall. The estimates go from 21 to $70 billion. We could give a lot of teachers raises and do a lot of things with that money. Number two, now that they exploded the deficit to a trillion dollars with tax cuts to the top 1% in corporations... The Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, has said, we now need to start cutting back on Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. Uh, no, we don't. That is money that we have earned. Pre-existing conditions, protections. Republicans have voted over and over to repeal the ACA, Obamacare. And meanwhile, they are now lying and saying they care about pre-existing conditions. But repealing the ACA would do away with the very protections for pre-existing conditions. They even have lawsuits that are uh, trying to end the protections of guaranteed coverage for pre-existing conditions. And four, as mentioned earlier in this podcast, there are many areas of inquiry that will be investigated if, de if Democrats are in charge. From the self-dealing of the uh, Trump manipulating the FBI to where they had their headquarters, to the emoluments cases, to obstruction of justice everywhere you turn. And it's not just limited to Trump. There's also Jared and his interest in Saudi Arabia and elsewhere around the Middle East and what he's doing with classified information. There are There's many to keep many a pundit active um, with speculation as to what's going on. So, to employ the pundits, vote Democrat. And now, for...
for your inspirational quote of the week. Our first quote of the week is courtesy of the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said, We need leaders not in love with money, but in love with justice. Not in love with publicity, but in love with humanity. Thank you, Dr. King. Our second quote of the week comes from writer and critic Alexander Wolcott, and he said, I'm tired of hearing it said that democracy doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. We are supposed to work it. Thank you, sir. And that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week and tell all your left-leaning but not very active friends about us. This has been a Common Production.